not winning 90% of your new business because you have some sort of incredible value. I'm gonna take a bit of a different angle. You know, I've got a budget this big. I'm gonna give it to you because you have a, a really killer plan. You give a Red Bull to a turtle, what do you expect? <laughs> I think that's a dead turtle. <laughs> so let's move on to... Uh, Be break. Cheers. 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 Does your current premium finance company lock you into long-term agreements? That's because they don't want you talking to us. At IFS, we win your business the good old-fashioned way, with customer service. I know you don't always have to use a premium finance company, but when you do, you should use IFS. Cheers. Hi there, and welcome to another episode of the Digital Insurance Point Podcast. We're now into season six. Who would have thought that when we first started? Um, hey, hey. Let's uh, get her going here, and uh, pleased today to have with us CJ Nolan. CJ, how's it going? Everything's great, guys. Perfect. Awesome. And I'm, uh, as always, joined by my colleagues, Steve Earle, CEO of Cheap Insurance. Hello. Adam Mitchell, CEO of Mitch Insurance. Hello. And Jeff Roy, CEO of Excalibur Insurance, and soon-to-be owner of a Netflix script to be. Nice. Hey, everybody. Uh, hey, guys. So, Jeff, uh, I'm going to get you to uh, help our listeners get a little deep dive into CJ. So I'm going to kick it over to you. So CJ, tell us, tell all the listeners, we want to get to know uh, CJ Nolan, uh, owner of one of the, the Canadian brokerage of the year. What is your favorite band, your favorite Canadian musician? Well, my favorite Canadian musician, uh, I think his birthday was yesterday, but he had, he had passed away a few years ago. Score Downing was my, uh, I guess, in Try Sleep or my favorite band. So uh, I guess they're the, uh, they're the soundtrack to my soul, as I, as I would say. So uh, maybe you haven't, but I'm sure you've been screeched in and you probably don't love the, uh, the rum out there. What is your favorite drink of choice? You know, I'm, I'm a beer guy for the most part. I like a, a glass of red wine every once in a while, but uh, certainly not a Caesar guy like you, Jeff, by any stretch of imagination, but uh, that's kind of where I am. Well, that's all good. Now, Adam Mitchell wants to know this. What is your handicap for golf? My handicap when I ended the season last year was 1.8 is my index. So that's, that's around scratchish. So how many, uh, Adam, how many strokes would you uh, get from CJ if you played him? I think I would have a stroke trying to compete with CJ. <laughs> now, are you an iPhone user or Android user? A total uh, Apple user right now. And I think that's, uh, that's just because of a historical thing I haven't gotten out of more than anything. Okay. What's the last app you downloaded on your phone? The last app I downloaded was probably the one for this podcast to check it out yesterday. But uh, besides that, can't really tell you. Okay, good. And uh, last for the listeners, we want to know what the top brokers are reading and listening to. What is your favorite podcast or what's your favorite book that uh, you're enjoying right now? I, I like a bunch of different podcasts. I mean, I, I've listened to all your guys' uh, podcast. I thought the, the last season was great. Um, there's a few on the go. Daniel Song, uh, Song's uh, podcast is good uh, in the U.S. Uh, I like listening to um, several others. Uh, the Insurance Guys podcast is, is funny at times and that kind of thing. They're a little wild and um, there's a few others. Books-wise, I, I, I think I I've, haven't read a book in quite a while, but I'm, I'm doing a lot more audio books and that kind of thing these days, but I actually haven't had one in my hand in a while. Great job, CJ. I'll pass it back over to the rest of the guys. It's a boring question, but it's a good story. So we want to know about the origin of your brokerage. So MUN is? Over 100 years old. Uh, it's actually not quite that boring. We, uh, we've been around quite a while. So the MUN, the MUN family, the MUN name, 
uh, comes from a, a, a merchant group here in Newfoundland, and they used to deliver cod liver oil and uh, fish to and from uh, London, England, and that kind of thing from Newfoundland. And I guess they, you know, how insurance all started out, they pooled money to get the, the cargo ships back and forth. So if they uh, had investors that went in, they made money when it went across and got back. And if they didn't, they shared in the loss, and that's how it began. You guys were a mutual to begin with 100 years ago, really. Yeah. You know, in 1949, we uh, incorporated ourselves uh, as a Newfoundland company. So three days before Confederation, actually, we got the document in our office there. And uh, yeah, the Munn family, uh, John Munn was my, my father's, uh, uh, the owner of the business when my father went to work with them in uh, the early 70s. And uh, we uh, we had our own insurance company until 1996, December 31st, that we sold to Aviva, at, which was some other brand at the time. And uh, since then, we've been uh, running a, a retail delegated authority, sort of MGA uh, agreement with those guys and uh, we own the clients they own the, um, the underwriting and, and claim service and that's uh, what we've been doing but we've since then uh, we're not a direct arm or anything like that we uh, work with all, all of our markets in Newfoundland uh, and uh, got some real good relationships now and uh, that's really grown over the years so that's kind of us in a nutshell. So how big is MUN today? Um, a couple of follow-ups here on, on, on both staff count and on, and on BMS. If we're looking at people wise we're probably around 90 uh, now, we do have a, um, a, an independent adjusting firm. We do do claims management for Aviva, so that's thrown in there. Um, I would say 10 years ago, we probably would have been more around 110 employees with probably about 30% less business trying to make the same operation run. And, uh, you know, we've really been able to um, put in some good measures, really get a lot more efficient and uh, gone from running a traditional business to more of an omni-channel experience. And, uh, you know, the front end has gotten uh, much cleaner and sleeker on the back end. Uh, you know, we're all trying to get more efficient and uh, and uh, use different technology and, and use different ways of doing things. And um, that's really worked out. The BMS we're using is Applied Epic. And, uh, you know, Applied's been, a, you know, a real good help to us in, in moving our business forward because we uh, operated our own um, IT software that we, we developed ourselves until uh, 2015. So at that point in time, uh, when we switched to Epic, I think we were like the third broker in Canada to make the change over to Applied Epic at the time. And uh, that sort of really was our first way into seeing, uh, you know, direct bill and using, going with different companies and, and download and all that kind of thing. So that was our really first introduction into that. Out, out, outside of them, we were really, we were, we were paper pushing an awful lot that uh, really slowed us down. And, uh, and since then, it's been, it's been a real good move forward. So that's kind of where we are. CJ, uh, Mun won uh, Canadian Broker of the Year recently. Congratulations. It's awesome. Can you give us a um, quick overview of the submission process itself, but then tell us, you know, why, why did you win? What, what, what was it about Mun that um, caused you guys to be to be to win the, the Brokerage of the Year award? Yeah. So first of all, I'm going to say that it's always better to have much smarter people around than you to make you look good. So uh, we, uh, Adam and I, have certainly done a real good job of making sure that that's the case. My brother Adam, not Adam Mitchell, and. Um, we, you know, we, 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 we've onboarded, uh, you know, our CFO, Carla Warren, who is a, a real no, uh, no BS type girl, but uh, she really gets the, the job done. And, and uh, Brian King, who's come over as an industry uh, marketing leader, as our chief marketing officer, was really instrumental in putting the application together, getting that out there. And, uh, you know, I, I think uh, Brian's really good at delivering a message and uh, talking about what we do, what our unique value proposition is. And he was able to put that into the five-step process that, uh, led to us uh, getting to the uh, end line of the winner of, of that. And um, that's that's kind of how it went. It was, Brian took me through the process today of what it is and 
you know, it, it was like, it was a few months of doing different things. And, but uh, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was really cool. Cause when we, when we actually won the award, I was, uh, I think I might've told Jeff this before I was sat there and I was saying, it was great. Like there's so many good brokers that we're like up against there. Like, this is great just to be named. And we were sat there and I was chatting to the guy next to me and they announced it. And I was sort of still chatting. My brother's like, come on, we got to go up. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, we won. I was like, no shit. So anyway, we jumped up and went up and won. And I think I, I went up there and I was like, yes, spy. <laughs> and uh, so, no, it, it was really good. Um, I, I think the, I think we've come a long way in uh, really becoming more strategic in our approach, um, you know, really spreading out, um, you know, which way we want to go with certain uh, avenues uh, and, you know, digitalizing. I, I, I am not good with that word, but that, that's, that's, it's not digitizing anymore. Uh, I've been told that several different times, but we've really uh, incorporated it into our uh, everyday life and uh, gotten much, much uh, sleeker, leaner, faster in doing so. So I think that, that really helped us push us forward. Awesome. Quick follow-up question. Um, how did your, what was the reaction amongst your team? Like not, not the, the senior folks who, you know, obviously put all this stuff together, but the frontline folks, you know, how did, how do they feel to be part of that? They want to raise. <laughs> uh, when we announced it and that kind of thing, like we, we obviously let our managers know that night, you know, we got a picture with the award and all that kind of thing. And, and, and that was really cool. And a lot of feedback right away. Cause actually they were waiting to hear cause they knew we were nominated for two awards that night and they were waiting to hear back. And uh, when we said that we wanted to broker the year, like it was like, I don't know, it was a long page of text just going, uh, when the next day we announced it, it seemed like we got a, co a comment or feedback back from everybody, how proud they were and being a part of the team. And it's a team award when you win something like that. And we can't do it without everybody uh, pulling on the same one, doing the same thing. So, no, it was it was good. The one thing that we um, – every year we do a town hall, and we bring in everybody for, like, a you know, a bit of a town hall, bring them in. Like, you know, we want to get feedback. And it was the first time we all came together from across the line of Canada, and we were at the movie theater, and we finally were able to go down in front of the movie theater and get someone to take a picture of our whole team with the awards in front of it down at the bottom of the theater. And uh, I thought that was a really cool moment for us and that kind of thing. So that was that was good. Uh, I want you to share with our listeners what you've done to digitize your brokerage. You mentioned about how you've done a bunch of things on the front end. You mentioned about how you cut down your staff by 30% and handled more volume. You did mention you use Epic. What are some of the tools you're using, whether it's RPA or whether it's CRMs or VoIP or any other tools you're using from a marketing perspective? Maybe just share with the, the listeners some of the cool stuff you're doing and what's making a difference. Yeah, so some, so, so the big things that we've done, I mean, obviously we have Epic as our, as our, our main system that does our data capture and, and helps us with our, uh, you know, our, our download, upload, uh, accounting functionality, that kind of thing. But, um, you know, there's really four types of investment that we make to run the business and that kind of thing. So for, first one on, on the front end is, uh, you know, on sales is lead generation. So, you know, our, our marketing competent, competency uh, led by Brian King, our chief marketing officer, has really pushed us forward. Uh, you know, whether that's, you know, leads coming into digital door or, you know, over the phone. Uh, how we define a persona of what that looks like. Because um, in Newfoundland, we don't have the same gray markets that they have in Ontario or other, other places. So it's, you know, standard market or facility. And uh, when you're really trying to push where you're trying to go and define a persona, we, we, we can't be everything to everyone. So we try to spend our meaningful time with the, the clients and get the most out of it. Um, when we're, and, and, Unlike, you know, places such as Ontario, where you have millions of people, we've got 500,000 in our province in Newfoundland. And, you know, Steve, you can argue what, how, what the number is in Nova Scotia as well. But uh, we really just want to uh, ring out 
the best fit for us and spend a meaningful time because everyone can spend time on every single different uh, lead management process. It, it just slows down the uh, engine. The second part with that is our lead management system. Um, and that's at Velocify. So, you know, we run the lead management system. We're trying to get smarter every day. We're, we're defining the hot lead versus warm lead versus partial lead a lot better than we did. And with those partial leads, we're even starting to define the characteristics uh, for our preferred persona. So that's become a lot more, a lot better in, in the last 12 months. And we're really making more out of leads that were almost throwaways a few years ago. And today they're, they're a lot better. One of the uh, tools that we brought on was Rocket Referrals a few years ago, and some of you guys may be using that or not, but that really helps us to improve our four-star plus uh, Google rankings, you know, better understanding of our promoters and our detractors uh, through voice of customer. And that's something that we really spend a lot of time with. We actually view those every week and really go through them, and that's where we spend a lot of time there. Last but not least, on the back end, so automating the back end for efficiency, using uh, RPA, so you know, using bots, using a robotic process automation. Uh, I guess this is where I do the shout out to uh, Jackson, Jameson, and Quandry who are helping us through uh, some, some of the things that we want to do. But, you know, you're using uh, standard naming conventions across all documents and activities is, is, is the one that we, start, we started with. Uh, you, know, you know, download or your bot runs the download to match unmatched policies. Um, and the, the next one that we're going to be implementing is the renewal, uh, the renewal process bot. And that's going to really help us to look at one renewal year over year, see where we are, see where we're missing, if there's any uh, you know cross-sell, upsell opportunities, that kind of thing. But uh, you know, we, I spoke to these guys, but there are so many other uh, of these RPA firms out there right now that are trying to get into our our, our insurance business. And you know, we spoke to a group, Alleviant, uh, uh, today, and they're doing a reconciliation of uh, direct bill, and it's pretty sleek. Uh, you know, they're, they're bought by a, uh, you know, some kind of a capital firm or, or VC firm just recently, but um, it's very cost effective and it looks like it's really cool. And um, that's a group out of Texas that we spoke with. And uh, I was really shocked when they actually gave us the number of what it was going to cost us per month. It was lower, much lower than I thought it was going to be. CJ, and, we've been talking to them too. Between Quandry and Elevent, um, there's great things going on. Awesome stuff that we're getting access to that we've, never had access to before. I, I feel like the last the last year has really turned it on for availability of stuff that, you know, can really solve problems and cure frustrations. Well, yeah. Uh, one other thing too, I mean, you know, a lot of this administrative work, just people don't want to do it in your shop, right? Like, you know, that, that, that can be people exiting because they don't want to do some of the stuff that you're putting in front of them. Uh, not only are you getting more efficient, but people just don't want to do this stuff. And, um, if you can if you can get to a, an eighty percent efficiency or eighty five percent and you're only leaving fifteen to twenty percent to to go back to that that certainly helps out to uh, move the day along and uh, you know we we can put uh, put uh, you know our, our revenue to work a lot lot better. Well, I think I think the future you point it right out there like you your BMS should be doing a lot of the functions. Uh, unfortunately, it can't requote right now, but someday they will be able to. You have virtual assistants you can offshore people. Steve's got some experience with that. I've got some experience using uh, VA companies. You've got uh, digital virtual assistants available. Uh, there's a company called Coyos that's gonna is working on building something to plug into the phone to use AI to talk to clients to get information to put in your BMS. It's not quite there yet, but they're working on it. You got RPA, and then at the end of the day, you got humans, right? And that's kind of the last and people 
people are trying to replace a lot of the non-stuff that humans don't have to do with tech and uh, to do better processes and then let the humans do what they do best, right? A couple of follow-up questions to you quickly. Uh, what Tell our listeners what companies, like do you have four or five standard companies in Newfoundland? So in Newfoundland, our, our standard markets are basically Aviva with a, a group offering too as well with the traders, uh, Travelers with a group offering, Intact, and uh, that's it. And then we're using MGAs to run some of this through. And then of course you got your Intact specialty market in Nova Scotia, there's uh, more, more options there. And uh, Steve would know of those as well, you know, and, and you've got the Pembridge, CAA, Wallonese is there, uh, you know, economical, that, that kind of stuff. And that's really, that's really helped us with uh, some of the things with appetite and uh, some other things that we're doing in Nova Scotia that we weren't able to do in Newfoundland. Uh, we re- we're still not really a gray market uh, broker. We write that stuff if it comes to us, but that's certainly not something that we're a focus on. It's something that we, we, we do it on accommodation, that kind of thing, but uh, we're not turning those people or kicking them out the door, but it's not really easy to do business with us for that for that type of business right now. Well, one last question on your tech stack. Are you using any mobile apps or portals for self-service for your clients or does nobody get into that Newfoundland? Is that not a big thing? We, we talked about that a lot, a lot and uh, did a lot of research on the uptake and we couldn't see anybody who was doing more than uptake than five to 10%. And we didn't see the point of spending time on you know doing some of these things now there's a lot of companies out there telling you that we should be doing that and we should be using csr24 and offering people to do certificates but you know we've yet to see the need today and maybe well in 2023 to do that but if, if someone's able to make it easier and uh you know and, and transfer some of this data over uh you know through a bot or automation was where we don't have to manually key punch it as much we may do some of that but the it's not really fluent right now, Jeff, running that, that stuff as much as I would like to see it. So the question I have is, what are your biggest brokerage challenges in 2023? But I'm going to dive a little bit deeper on that. I want you to put them into buckets. And I want you to keep it short, but tell me, insurer-wise, biggest challenges there. Operational-wise, so internal versus supplier. And then... You could throw around a miscellaneous. It could be technology. It could be whatever you want. So give me those three biggest challenges. Insurer-wise, product is, is a challenge for us in Newfoundland as such. Uh, not so much in Nova Scotia. That's our biggest challenge, uh, and it's going to continue to be. Uh, our government is not really helping us either with some of the things and the way they do business uh, or make the companies do business. So that's a challenge for uh, many different ways. So that's the biggest thing. There's no one company causes any more grief than the other. Um, but... Uh, and, and we, we found that the BD reps have, are very helpful in, in moving things along, especially operationally-wise. To be honest with you, Steve, they've, been, they've gotten a lot better with that, or they have, for, at least for our brokerage over the years. But we've been a lot more clear on what we're looking for, and, and I think that helps them to move things along. Uh, if I'm looking at internally, uh, I think that, that that so-called fight for talent is still out there. Uh, you know, we're, we're trying to – we're in a very small market, trying to do big things and uh, – Trying to move that along is, is really hard when, when, you ha- when you have shortages or someone comes along and swoops up one, one of your people for a, a number that you, you're not willing to pay or, or whatever happens there. And that, that has happened several times to us in, in uh, recent years. But uh, better understanding, uh, the other thing is better understanding our data analytics so to make future decisions. So we make a lot of decisions right now on historical data, but we'd like to take that data to make better future decisions and, and actually move that forward from, you know, just th- doing things a little bit differently than what we've done in the past. I don't know if I'm really clear on that, but that's kind of, that's our next step forward. And then, you know, last but not least, uh, you know, I think the economy is something that's going to hurt purchasing decisions. 
Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know, especially our commercial book, not so much personal lines, but our commercial book is, uh, you know, we're a small, medium-sized commercial shop, and uh, I worry about uh, the longevity or, or how the sustainability of some of the businesses that uh, we have to insure at times. Okay, so to recap, what I heard was insurers, BD, BD reps, whoever they are for you, are doing a good job. HR-wise, Adam and Lance are poaching your people. And three, uh, you're worried about the economy. How, I mean, to pull on the, 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 the staffing thread or onboarding the right teammates, I mean, what are you pulling out for tactics or how, how are you handling that? Like Newfoundland's not a really big market. Are you, are you looking at or firing on remote? Um, are, you, are you hiring in other provinces? Like what's, what's working for you or what are you suspicious to, to work soon? Well, you know, I mean, I don't have to tell you guys, we, we've all had to change since the pandemic and, you know, remote work and working with these people and that kind of stuff. That, that's sort of, that's part of the course these days. But, uh, you know, we're, we're looking at things a little bit differently when we go out there in the marketplace, we're looking at who's a, who's a fit. So we've introduced, um, you know, some things to our HR environment where we're actually, when we, when we bring people on, we're running some testing against our current staff and are they going to be a culture fit? Um, you know, wh where they are with, uh, you know, one of the things when you have a digital, you know, a digitalized brokerage is that, you know, some of the brokers that come from some other traditional shops are not going to fit your, fit in, fit into with you, with you or what you're doing. And that's been a challenge in itself is that when we, they come over from a direct writer, they come in that kind of thing. And all of a sudden we offer different, um, different markets to them. Uh, we offer them different, different challenges. So if they were with Johnson's, for instance, who's a big, uh, employer in our town and they're using one market doing, uh, using that straight fl through flow and they fit there, they don't fit. Uh, it's a different challenge to go to a, a, uh, independent broker. And, um, that's kind of where we are, but, and we're, we're really trying to, we, we got a HR advisor. There's not many in Atlantic Canada that actually have a HR person on staff. So we're doing some recruitment and talent uh, expos and all this kind of stuff and trying to find people whichever way we can. Cool. All right. Let me, um, let me switch gears here a little bit. Um, you, uh, CJ, you recently were a member of the IBAC Tech Committee. <clears throat> so you've got a, got a perspective both from sort of the national level as well as your own uh, brokerage. But what... What do you think the industry needs to be doing to accelerate connectivity? Right? And I'm talk talking specifically about connectivity between your carriers and, in your case, you know, Epic or other BMSs. Some of the challenges still remain. I mean, um, some of these legacy systems are not able to, to move it along. Um, I, think, I think our relationships with the carriers and what we're trying to achieve has gotten a lot better, Tom. I mean, you're, you're a part of that. That's, that certainly seems like when I'm actually having meetings now with some of these carriers and that kind of thing, they're actually talking some of the lingo that we, we tried to push uh, a couple of years ago. So that, that, that's a, that's a real good change. Um, you know, and, and then, and then you got to get the BMS vendors on, on board too, as well. All of them. Um, there's uh, some money to be made and some money not to be made. And, and uh, we all know that, that that influences decisions too, as well. And uh, whether we like that or not, that's kind of the way it is. But uh, you know, I, I don't know where you guys have gone. I, I'm, 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 I'm hearing the insurance companies use the lingo now, uh, Tom. So I think that's a, uh, that was a step in the right direction, if not anything else in the last 12 months, for sure. Yeah, I, I would say so. I mean, I just had the uh, the opportunity to sit sit through um, the IBAC board's um, insurer panel recently. And uh, I would say outside of, there's seven carriers and six of them were, you know, talking, saying the right things, for sure. And uh, I mean, there's, you know, there's still a lot of work to go, but, you know, I think the arrow was pointing in the right direction. Uh, CJ, you served on Applied Net. Uh, maybe tell listeners how long you've been on the Applied Net Advisory Council and what your thoughts about what Applied's doing and where they're going. 
Yeah, so I'm on the Applied Client Network Board of Directors. Uh, that's the user group for Applied. I'm the only Canadian there right now. Uh, that's the first time that's happened in quite a few years. Uh, it's a very interesting time working through this because we all know that the expiry date's coming up on the TAM system. Um, and there's going to have to be, Canadian brokers are only going to have one avenue to go if they're going to stay with an Applied uh, BMS system. That's Epic. In the US, they've got bought EasyLink. So if you're a broker, if you're a brokerage or agency, 15 to 20 users or less type thing, you can sort of switch over to EasyLinks and make it make it work and, and go. But you know, when we're talking about these things, I think you know Taylor Rhodes brings a lot of new energy, different energy in there that that hasn't been. I'm not saying it hasn't been there, but it's a it's a different way of thinking, and uh, we're seeing we're seeing that uh, in many different ways and and how it's how it's playing out. Um, when we not trying to be delicate here, but uh, I just think that the brokers in, in, in Canada are really who have to make that transition from TAM to Epic. Um, if they're a traditional shop or someone that's not really digitized, I mean, I mean, Jeff and I, you know, there's there's different there's different ways of looking at this kind of stuff. But if you are in that in that in that vein and you have to move over, like that's a that's a mountain to climb, especially if you don't have an IT manager or someone that's able to control that whole piece and move it. And uh, it's going to take an awful lot of work. And I think there's going to be some brokers in Canada that are going to make the move. I think there's going to be some brokers that are going to self-select out and say, I think I'm going to call a career and here's my keys and here's my cell phone. And uh, I think there's some others that are are going to have uh, going to have some real struggles of do they continue down with Applied or do they move on to a you know an Actuaris or a Vertifor or someone else. So that's that's kind of where it is in Canada. I know that Applied has really grown their number of seats and they're still increasing a number of brokerages. So. Um, and, they, and they've taken on some big, bigger brokers in uh, throughout North America. So that, that's that's kind of where they are. Um, you you learn a lot uh, of what's going on in not only in the Canadian marketplace but the North American marketplace when you're on on the uh, ACN board because you're dealing with people from California and Texas and New York and Florida and you know the Midwest and Arizona and and it's uh it's very interesting to see how all the different dynamics play out and. Uh, you know what they're doing compared to what we're doing and that kind of thing, but um, it's 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 been it's been a cool ride. Been under since 2019. I think my first 2019 in Vegas was my first meeting with Applied Client Network, and uh, you know we've uh, we've grown as a group, but there's different challenges today than there was even three years ago. So consolidations. Um, we're probably going to talk more about consolidations of insurers uh, because. My understanding of Newfoundland, there's been a mitt full of brokers forever. There's only been four or five suppliers forever. That's still the case for you guys in Newfoundland, but has consolidation of markets or brokerages affected you guys and how? It's, it certainly has. I mean, you know, losing RSA last year, I mean, that was one of, we, we had four broker markets pretty much in the province and now we're down to three. Now it's pretty much intact travelers of Eva. And if, unless you've got a, you know, a unique package with a group or something like that, and we're talking about personal lines here right now. I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a tough slug. You're right, Steve, that there has been a lot of consolidation. The consolidation for brokers and agents in Newfoundland happened, I'm going to say, in the 80s and early 90s. So that's why it's sort of down to you know, anywhere from 14 to 18 uh, brokers. And now it's even less than that with some of the broker, broker link acquisitions and, and other ones that, are, that have happened here. But you know, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what the answer is here. Um, we are, we are begging other insurance companies to want to come do business in Newfoundland, but it's, it's for the, for the amount of business they're going to get, it may be a little bit cost prohibitive that government doesn't understand why it's cost prohibitive because they think, 
everyone should want to be here, but like we're 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 such a small little entity here that it doesn't make much sense to make to spend a lot of money to not achieve any of the goals that you want uh, financially here. And I don't think that the insurance companies understand, or sorry, government understands that, uh, and the investment that these three insurance companies left have made to stay in this province. Okay, so as you're thinking about bringing more insurers into the province on a scale of one to ten, how happy are you with your current carriers? Listen, man, I'll be honest with you. I think they've done a very good job for uh, for the amount of grief that they take here. Um, you know, lawyers uh, sort of uh, run the show here um, in many different ways. Uh, the way the system is set up, um, you know, uh, it, it's very tough for an insurance company to uh, get ahead. There's no, there's no, uh, you know, there's no credit rating here being able to use for you know scoring out. So, uh, you know, you're trying to do things around credit rating without using credit rating, if you know what I mean. Like there's marketing ways of looking at demographics or looking at ways of doing things that are, uh, you know, but I, I don't know if the government understands that it's even an issue. And Intact, Aviva and Travelers have made a big commitment here. I'm hoping that we could we could ask a Pembridge or a CAA or an Economical or someone else to come back in. But it's, uh, it's an investment in, in time and money that I think that it's better spent elsewhere. I hate to say that. But I, I, I do believe that's true. What's, what's the immigration growing at? Like, is, is, is GDP of Newfoundland growing up? Is there more people or are they all just swapping? Clients? So I think last year was the first time we actually had a population increase in like 10 years. Um, I, I think we only had somewhere between 5,000 and 7,500 immigrants that were allotted for our province. And I think they were trying to get that to 10,000 or 12,000 for this year. Like, it's, it's, not, it's, it's a relative number, but, you know, apparently 60 and the Avalon Peninsula is where half of our population is. And apparently, 60% of the immigrants that came to Newfoundland went to outside areas of our province. So not even in, in the city type thing. So that's a very interesting, um, when, when we were, I was down at the employers council of uh, Newfoundland and uh, we had uh, some of our politicians there. And uh, I, I guess the, the, um, the politician that, that leads the image immigration charge here, um, you know, he was giving out some stats and that kind of thing. And it was a little bit shocking of, it was a little bit different than I thought it was. Uh, but, you know, we, we certainly do need more people in this province and that kind of thing. And, uh, even though we're the youngest and the coolest, I don't think we're the youngest and coolest by age of people staying here. And uh, that, that's a challenge for us, especially when you have, uh, you know, doctors and nurses and those type of people uh, taking employment elsewhere. So that's a, that's a challenge for us. So, CJ, you know, we've been asking you some specific questions here and there, but um, you, you, you've, I'm sure you've got some thoughts about what the industry can and should do to, um, you know, to get better. So why don't you uh, kind of take us to the end of the conversation here with you know what what would you if you had a magic wand if you had three wishes you know what would you like to see happen to the industry oh well, obviously i mean the very first one is the one we talked about a few minutes ago i mean we've got to get connectivity i mean that that's that's first and foremost that's how we compete that's how we do better well as brokers at least anyway i'm sure there's direct direct writers who are very happy that we're in the place that we're in right now just for the record uh, just for the record i only talk about the broker channel yeah, it, it, the, the direct channel, you know, whatever. It's, this is specific to the, <laughs> specific to the broker channel. Yeah, I think that's first and first and second on most of our lists. Um, that that's the biggest thing. Some of the BMS systems too, as well. I mean, you're, I mean, if I look at Apply, they're pushing all these other pieces and that kind of thing and bringing them in. I wish they would bring some of these other pieces that got brought in and bring them to fruition. So you know, with you know, with Indio and and some of these other transactions that they've made they've sort of brought them in but they're not really getting to the uh the final stages of where they have to be to on the uh you know in interfacing and, and that kind of thing and, and matching that stuff up that's something that i believe it's something that has to happen and we gotta get a little faster with that and 
you know, I, again, I think our company partners really need to help us uh, get over this hump of just being uh, more connected uh, with them in many different ways, whether it's uh, help with the BDM product uh, in, in, in short. In, well, it's not allowed, you're not allowed to use insure tech anymore unless you're selling directly. So what's, what's the word you use for? I don't know. Ancillary tech. I don't know what you use. I mean, you, I used to call it broker tech. Broker tech. Okay. There you go. Broker tech. So, but um, you know, we're, we're using so many different fundamental ancillary products to make our brokerages run. It's uh you know, sometimes you're wondering what the overlap is and where you're going and what's happening. And then that is the part that's killing me deep down inside right now. And I don't even know, like, the enhancement that's happening over here and the enhancements that are happening over here. Are they, like, running together? Are they running separately? Like, you know, how are they helping us? It's um, it's interesting. I mean, there are so many things. The connectivity is the biggest one, though. I think we, we would – Steve and I, uh, you know, put out that, that – uh, I don't know, I feel like that Jerry Maguire paper there a few years ago. And, uh, you know – some of us got burned to the curve on that, but that's okay. Uh, but uh, I, I'm, I'm liking the language I'm hearing from our carriers, and I'm hoping that that pushes forward. And I'm, I'm going to see Jason Storer this week, and I'm going to remind him once again. <laughs> I, you know, I think this whole insure tech piece has really slowed down. I mean, that, that that engine seems like it's slowed down in the U.S. and that kind of thing. I don't think they were understanding the whole insurance premise at times and that kind of thing. Like, they actually had to build something, and there were payouts when there were, there were consequences to some of the things that they were doing. Uh, so I think that slowed down some of it. But uh, we're going to see new entrance into that and things are going to get smarter. But I, I, I hope that they uh, start to par partner with us as opposed to going their own route with, uh, with some of these, uh, you know, with Google or an Amazon or something like that. But we're already seeing signs that that's not the case. Okay, well, let me uh, just do a quick shout out to our uh, sponsor, IFS Premium Finance. So uh, this is not possible without, uh, without uh, the support from them. So thanks very much, guys. And we have a new charity sponsor, and that is the Excalibur Read to Ride program. So it's a really amazing uh program that jeff's been uh sponsoring for a couple of years now and we're gonna we're gonna support that so um thanks guys thanks for having me is retention important to your brokerage of course it is that's why at ifs we have a cancellation prevention process want more details give us a call i know you don't always use a premium finance company but when you do you should use ifs cheers